0: Morning all. So a couple of things just to draw to your attention. Firstly, this coming Saturday we have invited people to what we are calling a Bethel response evening. So four of us recently visited uh, Bethel Church in Reading in California and we have some things that we would like to share with people, we would like to tell people about. We think that God wants to do some stuff as a result of us going. So this coming Saturday night, if you'd like to come here for 7.30, there'll be cake, there'll be coffee, there'll be a chance for us to pray for you, and you'll hear a little bit about what we've been up to. It's open to all. It's only £20. No, I'm kidding. It's obviously completely free. We'd just love to see you. It'd be brilliant. If you can tear yourself away from Strictly, that would be brilliant. And next Sunday, Worship Fest. It's only one service. Exactly. It's only one service. Just a few chairs at the back. And then lots and lots of space for us to get together and worship. And then obviously to be able to stay afterwards and connect with people having connected with God. So that is next Sunday morning. So all you people who've arrived now for this you would have missed it. So just remember, 9.30 only. Okay, who's got a Bible on him? Anyone got a Bible on you? Don't shout me down now. Okay, if you've got a Bible on you, then do get your, do get your Bible out, even if it's your phone, that's okay. It's really absolutely fine. I have been a, a long time lover, I think, is probably the right word, of the Bible. But my relationship with the Bible has changed significantly over time. I used to treat it as a fantastic rule book that I could justify my godliness by, which clearly was never the intention of it whatsoever. So one thing, just before we read a little bit from the Bible, one thing I just want to draw your attention to about the Bible is it was never written to be any kind of rule book. I know that we often treat it as a rule book. And don't get me wrong, God can speak through it, and it's incredible, Um, and it can show you things and teach you stuff. But really, the whole point of the Bible is to reveal who the Father is. The Bible is to draw you into relationship, draw you into deeper relationship. Try and read the Bible outside of relationship, and you're just going to wrestle away at it for years, never getting anywhere. If you read faithfully, consistently, you read this book and it's not changing your life, then I I, I don't know how you're reading it. It's a weird thing because it should, God speaks through this, God reveals who He is through this. So I think over a period of time, my relationship with the Bible has changed so that as I pick it up now, Pretty much every time I say to God, God, will you show me something about you as I read this? Because that's what I want. I'm not interested in rules. Religion's interested in rules. I'm interested in relationship. I want to know him better and better. So I say, God, show me something about you. You're a dad. You're my dad. What can I learn about you? But I'm getting slightly ahead of myself. So if you turn to Matthew chapter 11... I will actually remember in the second service to give you the verse to save everyone scanning through the chapter to find where I am, and that is verse 25. So Matthew 11, verse 25. I'm actually reading from the Passion Translation. It says this: Then Jesus exclaimed, "Father, thank you for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead," You have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the son except the father and no one fully and intimately knows the father except the son. But the son is able to... To unveil the Father to anyone he chooses. Now, it's not a massively well-known bit. The next bit definitely is, which is the come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and da, da da. Which actually sets it in a bit more context. But I just want to spend a few minutes looking at this, and then we're just going to break out into praying for people. If you go back to verse 25, and you look at what it says right at the very beginning. It says, Then Jesus exclaimed, Father! He exclaimed it. He didn't just say it. He exclaimed, Father! Thank you, for you are Lord. Okay, so someone must have heard him saying this. Because he's obviously saying it out loud. Now, so something you need to understand here, uh, we need to really get hold of, is So far, you'd say, so he shouted the word Father, like, yes, I'm not really getting this. Okay, this, this version of the Bible actually hasn't, the Old Testament isn't there yet. There should be a whole big fat two-third chunk before that, three-quarters chunk, really, before that. Throughout the Old Testament, God was referred to as Yahweh, except he wasn't actually referred to as Yahweh at all. People felt his name was so holy that actually you couldn't say his name. So you have the name YHWH, and even to this day, scholars argue a little bit over what vowels are supposed to be in there to get YHWH, to make any kind of sense. Because people were so, that they wouldn't even say his name. God wouldn't even say his name. Matthew is written, the book of Matthew, Matthew was a Jew, and Matthew wrote this specifically to the Jews. The intended audience of the book of Matthew is Jewish people. So what you've got here is Jesus, not just mentioning God's name, but he's gone like way past that point, way past that base. And he's basically standing in front of them all, addressing God, And going, Dad! Honestly, there would have been uproar from all the church leaders of the day. What did he just say? What did he? I'm sure there must be a law against that. Let me go through through the Old Testament. I will be justified by the law. So I'm going to go back through and I'm going to find where it says you are not allowed to call him Dad. But you've got to remember, Jesus came. To reveal who the father is. He may as well be saying, you've heard that he is called Yopaha. I'm telling you, he's not. He's dad. So he starts with his prayer by saying, dad, thank you. You are Lord and supreme ruler. Wow, there's a title. We thought Chris being thousand hours overlord was something. (laughs) Supreme ruler. What a title. That's amazing. So he says, Father, thank you for you, our Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth. So he's basically establishing with the Jewish audience, he's saying, same one. Yeah, the same one. Yeah, yeah. When I say, Father, I'm still talking to the same person, the supreme ruler of heaven and earth. They're all like, ah, oh, supreme Oh, that one. Yes, no, that's who we thought you were talking to, but not like that. It says this, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead... You have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart. There is one consistent theme I have found over many, many years. I said uh, yes to Jesus when I was 13. I am now 46. Nick told me I was 47, but I'm definitely not. I checked my birth certificate and everything. I'm definitely only 46 until at least February. One thing I have definitely seen is that there are two consistent facets about our characters that we need if we are going to see more of who God is. One, you've got to want it. I know it looks like a given, and you think, well, I'm here, aren't I? It's really not a given. Actually, there are plenty of people, and I've experienced this in my own life, who are like, God is the guy who sits over in that chair over there and actually, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that like that and I turn up once a week and I, I do my bit and he, yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's over there. That's one thing you definitely need is <clears throat> hunger, appetite. You've got to want it. Secondly, you've got to find a way of being open. We're Brits, most of us. We're Brits. We're not really very good at being open. We're brilliant at being cynical, being a bit suspicious, not really trusting anyone or anything and taking nothing at face value. And if you do any of those things, you're called gullible. And gullible is not a compliment in this culture. We don't take things at face value. That's not how it works. Unfortunately, what what Jesus is saying here is, I thank you, God, that actually to all the people who are trying to be smart and wise and cynical and second-guess and double-check and this, that, and the other, they're just not going to see you. It's not that God is hiding himself from us. He's hiding himself for us. And actually, unless you're searching and unless you're open, if you're going to just triple-check everything all the time, you're not going to get anywhere. And he says, instead, the people who he is revealed to the people who see the Father are the ones who come like kids. I love the fact that children aren't cynical. They're not born cynical, children. They catch that off us. But they're not born cynical. They're born trusting. Good. Okay, that that's that emphatic, I can tell. That's brilliant. So he says, unless you can just become, dare I say, insult of insult slightly naive? <laughs> Unless we can become slightly naive and just take it at face value. He says, he's basically saying that the revelation of God as dad is never going to come. There has to be almost a naivety that just says, I'm going to take this at face value. I want it and I'm open. I want it and I'm open. So he goes on to say, you have entrusted me with all that you are, and all that you have. Wow, how offensive would that have been again to the Jewish audience? I think you've got the, um, you've got the Sadducees and all the other different groups, religious church leaders of the day saying, oh, hang on, I think you'll find he's entrusted us with the revelation of who he is. And then they'll probably start having a little argument among them, saying, no, 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 I don't think so. The Pharisees will be saying, no, no, Sadducees. No, he's entrusted us with the revelation of who he is. And Jesus says, oh, you're a load of whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, you're dead on the inside. He's actually entrusted children with it, who just come with a naive faith and just say, I'm taking this. So Jesus, again, would have been so offensive in saying this stuff. He's not trying to be offensive, he's just telling the truth. But truth and religion are uncomfortable bedfellows. So he says, you have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father. And as if that isn't bad enough, and no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. So Jesus is now, not in not a very cloaked way, saying, I know the Father. See, he's gone from... Mentioning Yahweh's name and changing his name to dad. And now he's gone a stage further and claims to know him. And then another stage further and says he has an intimate relationship with him. I don't know about you. I'm thoroughly British. The word intimate makes me slightly uncomfortable. And Jesus is saying, I've got an intimate relationship with the father. He probably lost most of the crowd at this point, apart from the ones who were hungry and the ones who were open. He said, I love this guy. I've never heard teaching like this. Where's that authority come from? He speaks like one sent from God. It's such a beautiful thing. And as Ashraf Vineyard, we four of us, we went to Bethel Church for uh, about a week to be honest I didn't even really entirely know why we were going I just knew that it was the right thing to go that's what we felt so in preparing this talk I said to God you're going to have to help me with the talk because I don't know what to say so he was very gracious and he helped me this is the helped version (laughs) you should have heard the unhelped version Uh, so this is the help version and he said Why do you think I asked you to go to Bethel? What did you see? Why did I send you there? Why could you just not have picked it up on a podcast or read a book or something? Why did I send you there? That's a good question, God. He said, thanks. So I ended up saying, well, what I found was a group of people, quite a large group of people, who were... Always expecting you to be doing something amazing. Now, I'm coming back to that thought. Just one moment. Just park that. When I say I, they're expecting God to do something amazing on the Saturday morning, a few of us went to the healing rooms. You can barely get in the door before you go down and get a clipboard and queue up outside and get a corridor into a corridor and then into a room and then into another before you do, like you turning up. And people are like, I think God's looking to heal you today. God's about to do something amazing. You know what you're expecting God to do? He's going to go further than that. He's going to do even more. Wow. At that moment, you have the choice. You can either go Californians or you can go kingdom people because they're expecting him to be on the move. So I said, God, that was the most striking thing to me. It was the most striking thing. Everywhere you went, it didn't matter where you went. You could be in the car park. You could be in the car park. We walked, the first time we went to the campus, we didn't need to be there, but we went, so we knew where it was. And we got out of the car and started walking to the building, and this lady said, are you here for the conference tomorrow? Even though the conference wasn't there, the conference was somewhere, we said, yeah, that's right. She said, "Oh, God's going to do more than you expect. Wow. Hello. I say, we're from Britain. Hello. Because as I reminded people in the first service, uh, God isn't actually, Jesus wasn't actually English. And we thank him for that. I am very proud of my English heritage. But nevertheless, Jesus was not English. And some of you might be a bit surprised when you get to heaven and after a thousand years, when you can see through his glory, you'll see a brown dude with a big beard or who knows? Who knows? I don't even know whether he wears sandals. I have no idea. But anyway, so that's what we, that's what we saw. We saw this people who were expectant that God would move. And this is where it linked into here. Because I felt God say to me, why do they always expect me to move? What is it? What's in their culture? What's in their DNA that means they're always expecting me to move? Because I thought, obviously, I'm slightly cynical. And, you know, I'm looking around going, OK, well, what? You know, and you bump into another person, another person, another person, another person. And it's coming from the front, you know, as whoever speaks. And it's, it's coming out in their worship. And it's, it, it's just everywhere. Like, this isn't a fix. They haven't, they haven't worked this up. What is, what is going on here? And then I realised, they know that God is dad. And they know he's good. And they believe that he's in a good mood. And that is the pervasive thing throughout the entire Bethel thing. You don't go and say, oh, I'm going to do welcome like they do welcome. To be honest, our welcome some of the best welcome in the land, frankly. Uh, we have a fantastic group of welcomers here. But they have an understanding that God is good. And we, we would say, yeah, but well, we all agree God is good. And we even worked for a little while through the series of God is good, in brackets, is better than you think. And we would say, yeah, no, no, we understand that. We understand that God is good. The thing is, when you've been in a culture where you're with a group of people who really, really understand that God is good, you realise that you don't understand God's as good as you think he is. Because they are expectant that God will move any moment, any moment, because he's good and he's always looking to bring revelation to people and change lives. So he's always on the move. He's always on the move. They're looking. They're looking. I think I've got a word for you. I think this. Oh gosh, God's moving over there. Yes, he's stirring that person over there. They're looking all the time. And it's not like you get pounced on. It's not like that, although you kind of partly do. I was in a coffee queue and I waved at Chris to say, we're over here like this. And a couple of ladies came up and said, oh, can we uh, just noticed you waving just then? And I feel that God wants to speak to you. And actually you've been waving to him and saying, hey, God, and he's seen you. And actually, have you got a phone? Because we'd just love to record this because God's just got some things to say to you. We'd love to prophesy over. Is that okay? Just get it on to record for me and I'll take your phone. You know, they take the phone. Uh, and there it is. Um, and, and it's not a worked up thing. It's not like, oh, we're third year students. We have to go and prophesy over everyone. They can't wait. Yeah. So he said, oh, well, you know, the guy that actually I was waving at, he's, he's soon to come um, on staff much more and be a pastor have you got, uh, God's got stuff to say to him, right? They said, oh, absolutely. So Chris, incoming, incoming. Um, And, uh, you know, they did the same thing, got the phone. We've got a photo of Chris, Holy Spirit, just absolutely all over him, Nick and I going, (laughs) brilliant. It's just such a beautiful moment. The point is, God didn't send us there to see something and go, I say, that's jolly nice. God sent us there to see what it can be like to know that he is good. All the time to know that he is good. He's not trying to trip us up. He's not trying to catch us out. He wants us to know him as dad. And God took four of us 6,000 miles or whatever it is, cumulatively, however many miles that is, because it's got to be doubled, so like 48,000 miles of travelling And other than you, they made some nice cookies in their cafe, (laughs) to be honest, I went all that way to come back and say to you, he's your dad. He wants you to know him as dad. I had someone come up to me after the first service and say, how do you actually practically do that? Is the answer role models? Yeah, I think the answer probably is slightly role models. I think that is one thing, particularly if you've had an absent dad or a naff dad or whatever. And we've all got some kind of dad wound that we, that we carry. Of course we have. Why is that, I wonder? Oh, that's why. Because that's the bit the enemy's going to always go after since time before time began. That's the bit he is going to go after. Soon as he fell, as soon as the garden bit happened, that's the bit the enemy's going after because that is the core of our identity. So he goes after the father thing. That's why so many of us have some kind of father wound. Even if our fathers were amazing, we tend to carry some kind of wound from that. So we feel, the four of us that have come back, we feel that God is looking to... There's going to be a season of God revealing himself. This This is what it says here. Our relationship with God is revealed that there is a great revelation. And actually, in the coming weeks and months, God is going to reveal himself more and more. He's going to reveal himself more and more. So if you can find a role model, great, get a role model. Do you know what to do if you can't find a role model? Because I couldn't find one. And I kept looking, and I'd see an older gentleman who I thought, oh, I, can see. I can see you've got your father's eyes. But then it just never really clicked. It's really weird to go up to someone and say, Will you be my dad? It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Don't try it, it's very odd. Um, And you never really get a, a good response. But I was reading a book many years ago and I felt God say to me, Will you let me teach you what it's like to be my son? Will you let me? Will you learn? Are you willing to learn? And so what I've had to do, I'm actually in a situation, even right now, a, a, a conflict situation. It's not, not, nothing to do with anyone here. Don't need to look around or anything. Um, it's, I mean, literally right now, it's been like about 48 hours where something has blown up. I'm trying to handle it and deal with it. And it's, it's been really interesting that God, yet again, is taking this opportunity because I'm asking him, show me, show me, What what are you telling me, dad, about me? What am I not believing? Because this has niggled me. This is really, it's got to me. I can tell it's got to me. I know what to do because I trust I have the wisdom of Christ because the Bible says I have. It's not because I'm awesome. It's because he is. So it's not that I'm like anxious. We've got like a bit of a crunch meeting tomorrow. And I mean, I don't think anyone really likes conflict, but I'm honestly not bothered about it. But something's bothering me about it. Something's bothering me. And I can tell I'm being honest enough with myself to say, something. it's not that. It's not the conflict. Is it that someone might not like you? No, no, it's not that. I can, what is it? What is it? Father, will you show me? Because there must be something that's stopping me from knowing you as dad. Because if I knew you as dad, I wouldn't be feeling like I'm feeling. And actually, for what it's worth, you can have this for free. I feel that God has um, shown me that the issue actually is that in some way within this situation, my integrity has been called into question. And I have got to show me that I've let my integrity become part of my identity and my validation. And God says, my, Your validation comes from me doesn't mean i shouldn't be integrous but it does mean my integrity is not my identity and so god has like exposed this under lots of layers oh really oh i'm sorry god you're gonna to have to show me how to walk this out with you as dad show me what to do show me how to be in this meeting show me how to be before i go into the meeting how do i call people out how do you call people out when they don't want to be called out I don't want to go in and shout, at people. That's not my way. It's not your way, God. You don't work like that. Show me as a dad. What do I need to do? And show me, I know you're a dad to everyone else who's going to be in that room. So can you please show me, how are you a dad to them as well? Because I want to be a dad in that room. Because I've got my father's eyes, and I want to go in representing who he is. I'm hoping I don't have to do the fashioning a whip thing and driving people at That's That gets really messy, but I'm really hoping that that God's in a good mood and uh, that we can get through this. And I know as it happens, the situation I'm walking into, my responsibility is to take the father into that room and be like him in that room. My responsibility is not, and I'm saying this for at least one person here, my responsibility is not their responses. Their responses are their business. How I act is my business. Their responses are their business. That doesn't give me license to act how I want. I have the freedom to act how I want at any time, but I have been lavished with extravagant love by a dad who adores me. Why would I act in a way that would in any way misrepresent who he is? So we're going to pray for you. So we did this in the first service. We ended up praying for like thirty people or forty people. It was a bit of a car crash, to be honest. It was brilliant. So please do stand, and um, we've not got music or anything for a minute. We just want to pray for you. So I had a, just a couple. Of, I think I put my phone down. A couple of words of knowledge for people as well. I will go about the voice one because there was a voice diagnosis, and it wasn't someone in the first service. So I wonder if it's someone here. Have you had a voice a diagnosis? Um, in the last couple of weeks, I think, saying you've got some issue with your voice. Is, is there anyone here? No? Okay, I'll bank that one. Might be my meeting tomorrow. that would be fun, would not it? <laughs> when someone comes in and says, oh, I've just been diagnosed with this, you go, ah, oh, interesting. Shin. Someone got a shin problem? I pictured the shin and it was glowing. Has anyone got a... like? You know what your shin is. I don't know why I'm pointing. You have? Excellent. Good. I will pray for you. Please do come out. Uh, I will pray for you in just a sec. Uh, the right ear... I, I often just literally get pictures, it sounds dodgy, pictures of body parts, but it was <laughs> like, like, I just saw a head and the right ear was glowing, sort of thing, is it? And I could be left ear, I mean... I've... Is that you as well? It is me. What, so you've got left ear and shin? I've got more than that, but yeah. Oh, well, hang on, I'll keep... Give me a... I've lost my voice! she's lost her voice! Amazing. Okay, <laughs> so have you? <laughs> okay, hang on. This I've, I've got so <laughs> you, do <that. laughs> you do that. This is amazing. Um, can I also just check? I feel that someone had um, a blood disorder, um, and it's a. Uh, I I think that it's old, an old blood disorder, but it's kind of reemerged of late. Is that anyone? Again, this could be my meeting tomorrow or in the shops or any time. But no, no one's got any. There's some issue with the blood. Yes, it's you then. Fantastic. Uh, we well, do come out. And lastly, um, and please, you don't have to put your hand up for this because I know this is really tough. We're going to invite everyone out in a minute, as in everyone who want, wants to. Um, there's some people who um, I pictured them with a grey cloud over them. So I knew, I knew it was depression, a grey cloud over them, but actually what the grey cloud had done was settled and was round here. It was like it was on the shoulders, like sort of like a yoke, like a, 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 a like a bad yoke. What are the things called that people, stocks, like a set of stocks, but bad up round here, like thing. So anyway. If that resonates with you and your heart is thumping, then you probably need to be out here because God just wants to break you free from that. So can we just ask, if you would love some prayer, can you just come out now? Just like come out now. And if you don't want any more of the Holy Spirit, just ask yourself, why do I not want any more? No, I'm I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm playing with you, I'm so sorry. Do just come out and we just want to pray for you. We're going to spend just a couple of minutes. Um, Dave, can you just come and pluck some strings? Is that right for a minute? If, uh, can people just come and pray for folk at the front? If there's anyone near you, can you just say to them, I would love to pray for you because I think God wants to do something in you and then just ask permission. Just say, is that okay? Would you mind if I just prayed for you? I'd love to do that. So if you haven't come out the front, then you don't get out of it. Just ask someone around you. We're going to do this for three, four, five minutes and then I'll bring it to a close in a sec. doesn't have to be silent prayer it's probably going to be quite noisy actually so let's get praying for some people we had some people healed of all kinds of things in the first service um mj she won't mind me saying she had an issue with her shoulder uh, where she couldn't lift her arm at all she was prayed for and she went out and she said bye like this because her arm shoulder was completely made well we are expecting God is already on the move. Do, um, just grab some prayer. Thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.